We're going to start in verse 48, and we're going to read till the end of the chapter. Uh, I'm going to add my greetings to David's greetings. If you're new here this morning, welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, What we do here is we open up the Bible, and we preach through the Bible, verse by verse and section by section. Uh, We love God's Word, and we believe that God's Word has profound power to change our lives, and it has changed my life by the power of the gospel. I pray that it will change your life by the power of the gospel as the Holy Spirit takes His Word, which is living and active, And applies it to our hearts. So let's read God's word. John chapter 6. I'm going to go ahead and begin on verse 48. And we'll read to the end of the chapter. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. So that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed amongst themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, And my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. This is God's word. Let's go to him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the majesty and the mystery of the gospel. 
We thank you that these things are so clear that even a, a little child can, can understand and believe, and yet so deep and so complex that we would spend the rest of our lives studying and diving into the mystery of who you are and what you've done for us. I pray, Lord God, because we are weak, because we are finite, that you would give us infinite wisdom and understanding, that we might see and understand these things. Oh, Lord, we want to see Jesus. Show us by the power of your Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This, this week, I heard an amazing testimony, the testimony of a biochemist named Cy Gart. Now, before coming to faith in Jesus Christ, Cy was an atheist. His parents were atheists. His grandparents were atheists. In the 1930s, his parents were members of the American Communist Party. Here's what Cy said about his childhood of growing up in an atheist home. He said, I had the sense that Christianity was one of the great evils in the world. That ideology stayed with me into my early adulthood. As an adult, Cy became a scientist like his father, but he sensed a growing restlessness. As he studied physics and quantum mechanics and biochemistry, he observed several things in the world that didn't fit neatly into his atheistic worldview. It turns out, Cy observes, that reality is really strange. You could almost say spiritual in a way. When Cy was in his 40s, he attended his very first worship service. He was invited by a friend. Let that be an encouragement to you. When he, he discovered this worship service, he was pleasantly surprised that uh, the believers in this worship service made no attempt, in his words, to stone him to death for his atheism. And so he began to read the Bible. The main impression that I got was that this was not made up, which is one of the things that I believed as an atheist. I'm very interested in history, and Acts read like a historical document. It didn't read like something that someone had made up. One night, after many years of doubting his doubts, Sai had a dream, a dream that he describes as quite shocking, in the dream, he was walking around the outside of a walled garden. He was trying to get in, but he couldn't get in because the walls were too high and too smooth. And every time that he would attempt to climb over the wall, he would slip back down to the earth. Eventually, he met a man who said, Why are you so upset? What's the matter? And Sai said, I'm stuck outside the garden, and I can't get over the wall. The mystery man said, why not use the door? It's open, you know. Sai woke up and he knew the man that he met was Jesus, telling him in Sai's words, I didn't have to struggle. I could walk right in. That was a revelation to me because up to that point, I thought that if you wanted to become a Christian, you probably had to do a lot of work. It wasn't going to be easy. Instead, I learned that you just have to walk through the door. Faith is a gift, and all you have to do is accept it. Isn't that amazing? 
Because our God is a God who draws people to himself, there are literally millions and millions of conversion stories. If you are a Christian, if you are trusting in Jesus for salvation, then you have a conversion story. Now, my conversion story is not quite as interesting as Cy Gart's conversion story, maybe a little bit less dramatic, but it is no less miraculous. I was, like all of us, dead in my trespasses and sins. My heart was as dead as Lazarus in the tomb until Jesus came to me and said, Joel, come forth. And I rose from spiritual death to spiritual life, not because of anything in me, but because of the power of God's grace by the working of his mighty Holy Spirit. Now, as encouraging as conversion stories are, and I love them, there are also, unfortunately, many deconversion stories. Stories about people who used to follow Jesus, but who have, for whatever reason made the tragic choice to walk away. The leavers are pastors and and professors. They are musicians and missionaries. There are leavers in my own family. And my guess is that there are leavers in your family too. They are our children, they are our cousins, they are our brothers and sisters. In some cases, the leavers are or were our husbands and wives. Sometimes the leavers are or were some of our closest friends. It is perhaps both sad and ironic that John 666 is one of the most discouraging verses In the entire Bible, after this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Why does that happen? Why why does it still happen? Why do people walk away from Jesus? Well, sometimes people walk away from Jesus because they were mistreated by Christian parents or family members. Sometimes people walk away from Jesus because they were sinned against by other Christians in the church. Sometimes people walk away from Jesus because they equate Christianity with a certain political party or a, a social movement that may or may not have anything to do with Jesus. Sometimes people leave Jesus because they were following Jesus for all the wrong reasons. Sometimes people follow Jesus because it makes them feel morally superior to other people. Sometimes people follow Jesus because they want easy answers to all of life's most complex questions. Sometimes people follow Jesus simply because their parents follow Jesus or their friends follow Jesus or, as is often the case, their husband follows Jesus and they go along with the flow or their wife follows Jesus. It happens all the time. Sometimes, I think, in the Bible Belt, many people follow Jesus because it's still the acceptable and expected thing that we are supposed to do. Either that, or they really like red jello, fried chicken, and green bean casserole. 
Because church in many small towns and in many small communities can be like a, like a social club where everyone gets together and, and uh, lives life together and there's a little bit of Jesus mixed in. Now listen, I love potlucks as much as the next guy, but that is a bad reason to follow Jesus. If you are a potluck Presbyterian, you need to repent. (laughs) This morning we come to the end of John 6. John 6 is a real stem winder of a chapter. Where Jesus, at the beginning of the chapter, fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Then he walked on water. Then he told people, I am the bread of life. Then, after making the very bold decision to preach on predestination on Mother's Day, (laughs) we come to the end of the chapter where he concludes by telling his disciples, including all of us, that we should eat his flesh and drink his blood. I'll take things I didn't see coming for 800. Now, predictably, this was not a popular message, and many of his disciples walked away. Many, but not all. Some stayed, including the Apostle Peter, who explained his decision with arguably the most profound, life-changing declaration of faith seen anywhere in the Bible. Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. This morning we're going to talk about levers and believers. We're going to talk about what it means to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're taking notes this morning, here's our outline. I want us to ask two big questions, very simple questions. The first is this, why do leavers leave? And the second big question is, what do believers believe? So why do leavers leave and why do believers leave? believe. Are you ready? All right, let's take a closer look. The first big question is, why do leavers leave? Verse 53, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Verse 66, after this, many of his disciples turned away and no longer walked with him. Now, these are admittedly very difficult verses to understand. For most of my life, I've wondered, what is Jesus talking about here? Now, the earlier part about predestination is tough enough. No one can come to me unless the Father draws him. That was and is still sort of an unpopular thing to believe. But now he's saying, we have to eat his flesh 
and drink his blood? What does that mean? Now, obviously, Jesus cannot be speaking literally about eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Jesus. So what is he saying? Is is he talking about the Lord's Supper? Is there something in the original Greek text that gives us a clue as to what he's saying? Well, at the very least, we know that the original disciples called this a hard saying. Hard to understand. Hard to believe. Maybe a little bit of both. Well, here's my best shot at explaining what Jesus means. I think Jesus is saying that he has to be as important to our spiritual survival as food and water or bread and wine are to our physical survival. Jesus, like bread, has to be the source of our life. Jesus, like wine, has to be the source of our joy. God wants us to find our life and our hope and our rest and our everything in Jesus and in Jesus alone. In saying that we are to eat his flesh and drink his blood, it is possible that Jesus is echoing what he said when he was tempted by Satan for 40 days in the wilderness, Matthew 4, verse 4. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's a quote from Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. God's word, according to Jesus, has to be the very bread that we eat. And now Jesus, who John called the Word, the Logos, is saying, I have to be the bread that you eat. I have to be the wine that you drink. I have to be your all in all. I have to be your everything. I have to be your Lord, your King, your Messiah, your Master. To be my disciple, you have to believe and live like there's no one else in the world who's more important than me. It's not enough to say that Jesus is my teacher. It is not enough to say that Jesus is my example. We have to say something more deep and much more profound than that. Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." Are you nervous yet? That is a very radical claim. It was too radical for most of the disciples, which is why they left. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. This is a hard saying. Who can accept it? Leavers leave because it's too radical. Leavers leave because this is too much. Leavers leave because they simply cannot accept the radical lordship claims 
of Jesus Christ. That's the first reason. Here's a second reason that leavers leave. And just know that this list is not exhaustive. I'm just pulling out specific examples from this one chapter, John chapter 6. Number two, leavers leave because they have an impersonal relationship with Jesus. In John chapter 6, verse 2, we're told that a very large crowd of disciples followed Jesus. They followed Jesus as a group. They followed Jesus at a distance. They didn't have a personal relationship with him. They might have known who he was intellectually, but they didn't really want to know who he was relationally. They didn't want to get too close to Jesus for fear that Jesus might actually change their lives. That's why when things started getting personal, when Jesus said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, I am the bread of life, I have to be at the center of your universe, they walked away. They were happy to be part of the crowd, but they didn't want to be part of the core. They didn't want to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the question that this uh, rises in all of us is, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you part of the crowd? Are you just kind of going along with other things because other people are going along with them? Or do you know Jesus personally as your Lord, as your Savior, as your King? Or are you, you just trying to blend in You know, sadly, a lot of people hide from Jesus in the church, thinking maybe that's the last place he'll look. (laughs) And so we go along and we do the activities and, and we serve and we give. But on that day, God will say to many, I never knew you because, like the crowds, you did not have a personal relationship with me. Personal saving relationship with Jesus is one of the things that distinguishes leavers and believers. Here's a third thing. Leavers have a, a, not only an impersonal relationship with Jesus, but a transactional relationship with Jesus. Verse 2, And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Verse 26, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. In this chapter, the leavers didn't want Jesus. They wanted the miracles. They they wanted the bread, the food. Later on in verse 15, we're told that they wanted political power. They wanted to take Jesus and make him their king so they could throw off the social injustice of the Roman occupying government that was occupying the land at this time, the first century. They wanted Jesus to be like a genie in a bottle. For them, Jesus was a means to an end. They were using Jesus not to get Jesus, but to get something else, to get what they really wanted. And so the question for all of us is, are you following Jesus for Jesus? Or are you following him to get the rewards, 
the benefits? Are you using Jesus to go to heaven someday? Are you using Jesus because you're afraid of going to hell? Are you trying to use Jesus to accomplish something else in life? Or is he the center of your life? Now, here's the problem, and it's a big problem. If you think Jesus is your ticket to health and wealth and prosperity and power and prestige, the moment you find yourself where Job found himself in the Old Testament, in a pile of ashes, his whole life burned to the ground, you will leave. The moment that, the minute that you find out Jesus wants your heart, you'll do what Judas Iscariot did. You'll take the 30 pieces of silver, you'll cut your losses, you'll find a new Messiah, and you'll walk away. Why? Because you never really wanted Jesus. You wanted heaven on earth without Jesus, and there's no such thing. Now, the bad news is, we are all prone to wander. We are all prone to leave the God that we love, whether it's because of sin, stubbornness, ignorance, or unbelief. All of us have, at one time or another, whether for a lengthy season of years or for a moment, have all been leavers. All of us have, in one way or another, walked away from God. Some of us walked away from the God that we knew. Some of us walked away from the God that we thought that we knew. Others of us have walked away from a God that we never knew. But we are all God's prodigal children. All of us. But here's the good news. Jesus came to seek And to save the lost, the leavers and the wanderers and the lost sheep. If you believe in him, if you are part of his family of faith by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, you may try to leave him, but he will never leave you. You may run away like the prodigal son, but God will always be there to welcome you back home. He will seek you, he will save you, and he will celebrate your return. Luke 15, and the prodigal son, the most famous lever in the history of levers, arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, His father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and sell celebrate for my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to celebrate because when the grace of God grabs hold of you when a lever becomes a believer 
you celebrate the joyful grace of God the Father. That leads us to the second big question, and it's this. What do believers believe? How do we know that any of us that any of this is true. How do we know that God actually does love his prodigal children? Verse 67. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Believers believe, first of all, because we know that we have nowhere else to go. Believers believe that we are sinners who desperately need God's grace. Believers believe that our sin is such a serious problem that without Jesus, without grace, without mercy, without the gospel, that Jesus died on the cross in our place for our sins, without that, we have no hope. Believers believe that sin separates us from God. Believers believe that sin needs to be punished because sin is rebellion against God. And so the question is, where can we go to find forgiveness? Where can we go to find everlasting life? Where can we go to find a father who will adopt us? Where can we go to find a judge who will acquit us? Where can we go to find a redeemer who will break our chains and set us free? The answer according to Peter and the answer according to all who believe is Jesus. Do you want eternal life? This is my body, which is given for you. Do you want eternal joy and forgiveness? This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Believers believe that Jesus died so that we might live. Believers believe that Jesus changes everything. When Peter called Jesus the Holy One of God, that's what he meant. He meant that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Anointed One, our Savior and our King. When we come to this table, the Lord's table, to eat the bread and to drink the cup, we are saying what Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. The bread represents his body. The cup represents his blood. This table represents hope. It represents the glorious truth that there is room for leavers and believers at the table of our Most High God. Will you come to Jesus in faith? Will you leave? Or will you believe? Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you as your children, acknowledging the hard truth that we are prone to wander 
prone to leave the God that we love. I pray, Lord God, that if anyone here is struggling this morning, if anyone here has wandered far, far away, I pray, Lord, that you would bring them back home through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they would know 